Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. I believe that we are learning um, from the Word of God. And by the learning of God's word is actually supposed to be practiced. What that means is that as we are taught, we practice the word. And a believer should always desire to grow in his knowledge of God. There should be a desire for you to grow. You know, growth should be the natural desire of the believer and you know as you study more you begin to discover um, not just new truths but you know you begin to reinforce certain truths that you already are aware of there's a scripture that I want us to read and um, I'll just see here let's let's go to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 Let me read something there Hebrews chapter 2 And verse 1 It says Therefore we must give The more earnest heed To the things we have heard Lest we drift away Okay What that means is that the instructions of God's word that has come to us, we approach them with discipline. We we'll diligently look into them. If not, the tendency for us to drift is pretty high. So we cannot get tired of studying certain subjects. You know, the more you study, you study certain subjects, you discover that you're learning some things are new, or you are reaffirming certain things. One of the things I discovered today, I was doing my own private studies, but one of the things I discovered today, for instance, uh, you know, in the book of Matthew, the scripture talks about. Um, how difficult it is for a rich man to get into the kingdom. It's like a camel, you know, going through the eye of the needle. And in my own private study today, just going through that verse, I began to research, you know, what we have heard a lot of time is that there was a gate in Jerusalem that's called the eye of the needle, that if the camel has to go through, he has to, you know, drop a lot of the weight to be able to pass through. But as I began to study today, I discovered that that actually is not what the scripture is talking about. It was actually an idiomatic expression. There's no gate like that in Jerusalem. Uh, a, Greek, um, a Greek theologian um, talked about it in the 11th century, and then the church fathers picked it up, and it's almost becoming like uh, a doctrine. So most of the things sometimes that we have gotten used to, if we do a little bit more study, we'll just discover that uh, at a certain point in time, they came in to the scriptures. And then I said something today in my Twitter post. I said, the Bible can never mean what it was not meant to say. What that means is that in reading the Bible, there is uh, the original mind of the writer, the author. 
But is that is that okay? So um, the scriptures are written to us in a certain way. Now we can give it many interpretations, but there is only one interpretation to the scripture. So what we have to do as Bible students is what? Is to dig deep until we get the accurate interpretation to that particular verse of scripture because the scripture will always be consistent. Praise the name of the Lord. The scripture will always be what? Be consistent. And I'm saying all of this to say, um, even as we go over these studies again, don't get bored by them. You know, don't, oh, I know this, I know about healing before. No, just open your mind and go through them again. Praise the name of the Lord. So we looked at biblical ways of healing, and we talked about two on Sunday. How healing was ministered in Bible days. We talked about the laying on of hands. We emphasized that a lot. And we also talked about the anointing with oil. And we said that if you read scriptures, um, the laying on of hands is something that was really emphasized. The laying on of hands is something that was really emphasized. The next, the third one is true prayer. True prayer. And we discover that people got healed in scriptures through prayer. And I got a very wonderful testimony today that, um, you know, someone who attended the youth camp sent me a text today that she had a defect in her right eye. She finds it difficult to, to see without straining her eyes, you know, but she got home and in the last two weeks she discovered that she's been completely healed. You know, and what, what that means is also what I was talking about. That when hands are laid on you for the healing power of God to come upon you, you can receive your healing immediately. Sometimes it takes time. But at the point where the word is spoken over you or where hands are laid on you, the healing power of God is already activated. Amen. But 85% of the time, uh, the healing is immediate. And that's, I, I think I'd like to emphasize that. Most, the, most of the occasions that we read about in scriptures, people were healed immediately. Is that okay? It's very few cases we found that people had to go. So uh, don't retain sickness in your body and say, well, uh, I think mine is going to take like nine months. So no, you don't have to. When hands are laid on you, you activate your faith to be healed immediately. Is that okay? Alright, so true prayer. We can find this from the Old Testament. Let's, from, let's start from the Old Testament and get into the New. So Genesis 27. How people received healing in biblical days or how healing was ministered in biblical days. Genesis chapter 20 and verse 7. Now, um, you know the story when they took Abraham's wife. Let's go to verse 17 because of time. So Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. They bore children. For the Lord had closed up the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So you see, when, when Abraham prayed to God, Sarah, um, when Abraham prayed to God, Abimelech and his wife and the servants were healed because they were barren because they took Abraham's wife. Numbers chapter 12 verse 13. Numbers chapter 12 and verse 13. Numbers 12, 13 This was a leprosy that came upon Miriam When they talked um, they, they talked evil of 
um, Moses, they, they spoke against Moses. And, um, well, let's not get into that. But it's very important also to understand that the people who are called to pastor and to lead, they are not perfect people, but the grace of God is upon them to be able to lead, and God has called them for an assignment. And so sometimes we need to also um, be very cautious in the way we talk against, we talk about, uh, because sometimes it looks like it's easier for us to lead the church where we're sitting at the pew. You, you understand that? How you're watching the football match and you say, oh, if they have brought this guy, you know, we'll not have lost this match, the coach should do this. And then you find yourself in the field one day and the side you are playing for is losing 8-0. You know, then you now understand that there's a difference between playing football and coaching from your, from your couch. So, Numbers chapter 12 verse 13, Moses now prayed. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, um, and, and, all, and all that whole cleansing process. So, the Miriam was healed. But I want you to note something here that you will not find in the New Testament. Go, go back to verse 13. Moses uses the word, please heal her. In the Old Testament, you would find people pleading for God to heal them, but you don't find that in the New Testament. And the difference is very simple. Because in the Old Testament, the price for their healing have not been paid. But in the New Testament, the price for our healing have been paid, and God has declared that it is finished, and it is His will to heal us. We do not plead for God to heal us. We receive the healing that God has offered. Okay, so you always find you will not find the word please heal somebody in the New Testament, especially after the resurrection of Jesus. You will not find that word please. Why? Because the Lord had already paid the price and it is his will to heal. We are not saying if it be thy will. No, it is God's will to heal people. So we don't put if before the prayer of, of, um, of, of faith for healing. Okay, it is always God's will to heal people. Um, let's go to Matthew chapter 21 verse 22 Matthew 21 22 Matthew 21 22 How people were healed in Bible days Matthew 21 22 And whatever things you ask in prayer Believing you will receive This was the scripture that Kennedy against saw Believed on, acted upon and got raised from the bed of sickness. So if we trust God for anything, we believe in prayer, they will receive uh, healing. Then we talked about James chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. So three ways we have found out that we can heal the sick. The first one is the laying on of hands. So with physical contact, we lay hands on the people. The second one is the anointing with oil, we find out only two times in the scripture, in the book of Mark and in the book of James. And the third one is through prayer. And why prayer is a little bit different from the laying on of hands is that you can pray for someone without physically um, touching them. Okay? So you can pray the prayer of faith for someone who is not physically present. You can trust God for their healing. The second one we found out is true fasting. The people were healed through fasting. So if you read First Samuel chapter 1, verse 7 to 19, you find where they fasted and the healing power of God came up. Then, then there's something I want to read because we talk about this scripture, but we don't always explain it in context. So let's go to Isaiah 58. Uh, and I'll show you something there. Isaiah chapter 58 and uh, verse... 
verse 8. Now, if we go to Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8, it says there, Therefore your light shall break forth like morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Now, we take this scripture about your healing will break forth speedily, and then we attribute it to fasting. But if we read from verse 1, we will understand actually what God was trying to say. So let's quickly read from verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily. They delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of the God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted? They say, and you have not seen. Look at this. Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. Now look at what happened. The Bible says, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. You exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate. You fast for strife and debate. And to strike with the feast of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on her. Is it, is, is it a fast that I've chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To lose the bounds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to the house the poor? And God began to tell them that what you're doing is that you're not eating, you're afflicting your soul, you're going through this fast. You know, some people when they fast, you know, you greet them, they don't answer you properly, they say, oh, I'm, on a, I'm in a program, you know. You give them food to eat, they say, oh, no, I don't want, I'm in a program. It's just afflicting their soul. But if you watch their attitude to the gate man, to the guy out in the street, to the bus driver, uh, they might be owing people that work for them, they don't want to pay. And God is saying, that's not what I chose. That's not the fast I mean. What that, tell, what that tells us is that the physical affliction of our bodies and our souls is not what God gets, what gets God's response. That's not what will get the response of God. That God is concerned about the heart attitude. Okay, so this is very important. Fasting is not what gets God's attention. Fasting is to put you in a place where you can still yourself to hear God. Fasting, listen, and this is very important. Fasting does not change God. Fasting doesn't change God. What fasting does is that it makes you to be able to separate yourself so you can do what? Spend more time with God. So for instance, that's why sometimes I don't understand where people say, oh, they are fasting and they are everywhere. You know, they are just trying to kill time. You know, I'm fasting. They bring out all the clothes. They wash all the clothes. They sweep. They're just, it's, it's, it's soul affliction. And that's what some religions teach. You know, they afflict their soul so much in a bid to gain righteousness so God can hear them. The first that God wants is that our heart attitude is right. So if I decide I'm going to fast tomorrow and trust God for my healing, what should I do? I stay up food, for instance. Okay? I get into the Word. I get into prayer. I'm spending time with God. I'm positioning myself to hear from God. Then you see something here. I just I don't want to 
to waste so much time here. But look at something he said here. And this is what we find sometimes in the Christian faith. He says, you fast for strife. Okay? Um, verse 4. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate. So that's when somebody offends you and you look at them and say, I'm going to fast for you three days dry. It's for strife. God said, I'm not going to listen to that kind of fast. We don't, we don't use our fast as a, uh, a weapon of mass destruction. Okay? Now, sometimes, when we talk about fasting in church, the thing that readily comes to our mind is food. But there are other kinds of fast, and that's what God was trying to say here. That there's a fast where you can deny yourself of the things you have and bless someone with it. Because um, to fast actually means to abstain from something. To stay away from something. So I can decide to say, well, I just want to give my clothes to the poor. And scripture says that's a type of fast. How is it a fast? Because I am denying myself the clothes I should wear to be of a blessing to someone. Is that okay? Is that okay? Now, some of us, what we need to fast from is social media. You can eat as much as you want, but you need to fast from Facebook. Because even if they take Facebook from your phone, you're always going there. You're already addicted. You know, some of you, if you haven't checked your status in, <laughs> in five minutes, you know, all the light goes off. You know, there are some of you go everywhere with charger. You can forget your Bible, but not your charger. You're just addicted to the stuff. You need to fast that so you can spend time with God. Some of us is television. Some of us is talk. So uh, what I want to say is when we talk about fasting for healing, we're not just talking about not eating. You can stay away from the things that distract you so you can do what? Spend time with God. Okay. Um, Mark 9.29 says, This kind cometh not except by what? By prayer and fasting. Now, this is very, very important. Because, let's go there. Let me, let, me, let me turn there and show you something there. Never establish a doctrine from one verse of scripture. You would probably not get it right. Now, in Mark, Mark chapter 9, verse 29, and uh, Jesus had um, they brought the boy to the disciples to be healed, and they couldn't. Verse 27, But Jesus took him by the hand, and lifted him, and he arose. And when he had come into his house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? Now, um, I want to explain something to you here. It means that there were certain cases they brought, that they brought to the disciples of Jesus that they couldn't handle. Is that okay? Are we together? Okay. So, what I'm trying to say is that, for instance, you go and minister to someone and they are not healed, what you should do is to seek the wisdom of God on what to do. It doesn't mean you condemn yourself, you judge yourself and feel that you're not holy enough. You just seek the wisdom of God. Is this something I didn't do right? What is it? I mean, you just seek the wisdom of God because you find in this case the disciples couldn't handle it. Now, this is the response of Jesus. He says... This kind cannot come out, right, by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, I, I, I was studying something today, and it's interesting, it's interesting. I, I, maybe one of these Sundays will spend time to talk about it. But you know, Bible translations... <laughs> Bible translations were, uh, how do I put it? 
The word, the word of God is a divine inspired word of God. We, we don't doubt that. But in the process, the translators try to convey it in such a way that we can understand it. So, the Bible was written in three languages. In Hebrew, the part of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And part of the Old Testament was also written in Aramaic. And then the New Testament uh, from, the, from Matthew, which is the four Gospels, and then Acts and all that, was written in Greek. Now, what happened is that um, previously, the, one, the available scripture was... Um, the Latin Vulgate, called the Vulgate, the Latin Scripture. That's what they had access to, especially the Roman Catholic Church. So, uh, only the priest had access to it, and you know, he reads and explains. Okay? Now, after that, a lot of translations began to come out. Okay? So, we had the Amplified, the NIV, and all that, and all that. But if you read the original manuscript for this particular verse, if you have... Um, a Bible that is well printed the, the reason I said a Bible that is well printed There are certain Bibles that just print everything the same But there are some Bibles you see references If you have a Bible that is well printed um, With the original translation in view You will see the number one On, on top of and When it says with prayer and fasting You see the number one If you see the number one It refers you to a reference And it says that that word was omitted in the, in the original translation So you see the word Prayer and Somewhere and there You see that that word was not there So Some theologians argue that That particular word And fasting is not there But let's assume it is there Let's assume it is there So if we assume that it is there Going by what we read That these do not come out by prayer and fasting It shows that They could not minister healing Because they did not pray and fast Okay now, what I want to point out in this particular verse of scripture was when Jesus was to minister healing, that was not when he went to fast so he could heal. Okay? Jesus healed. So what Jesus was trying to tell them here is that you should develop a culture. We're assuming now that's prayer and fasting. You should have a culture of prayer and fasting. So that when you meet cases like this, you will be ready to handle them. So what Jesus was um, talking to them here about really was not the act of prayer and fasting, but lack of preparation to minister to people. Do you understand it? That, that means that you can pray and fast even when there is no sickness. And what are you doing? So the day that you encounter something that you need to take authority over, then you are ready. Okay? So Jesus is not meet the boy and say, Ah, this case, ah, no, 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 no. It's a serious one. You know, Jesus was not talking about the seriousness of the case. Rather, he was talking about the lack of preparation of his disciples. Uh, are you following what I'm saying? It's important we understand this. Because the disciples asked him privately, Hey, we couldn't cast it out. He says, this kind, you go, you've got to pray and fast. Right? So what it means is, we, fasting and prayer for the believer is not something they do to get, get God's response. It is a preparation of a spiritual discipline that you just do. In fact, no, let me not say this, but I want to say that every believer, but it's, it's suggested that at least you should have a day of the week 
where you spend time fasting and just ministering before the Lord and praying before the Lord. Oh, what are you fasting for? No, you're just disciplining yourself. You're just staying off food so you can fellowship with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's a discipline you should build into your life. So that's what Jesus was emphasizing here. Please, I want to, I want to re-emphasize it again. Jesus was not saying, this one is so powerful. If we don't fast, it won't come out. No. Rather, Jesus was telling them that you need to have a lifestyle where you take out time and fellowship with me. So that when you meet cases like this, then you're ready to handle them. Is that okay? And we never see anywhere, please, we never see anywhere people came to, to be healed and Jesus placed them on fasting. Because that's something we're finding common, right? So somebody comes, oh pastor, I'm sick. Uh, oh, 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 your own is 21 days. Just go first. When you finish, you can come. Where is it called? No, Jesus never placed anyone of fasting. Because if we start doing that, this is, please, you need to pay attention to this. If we start doing that, we train people that they are earning their healing. Healing is a gift. And it's a free gift already purchased. Whether people are born again or not, they can receive healing from God because it's a free gift. So we even find in scriptures where people who don't know God, who didn't believe in Him, were healed. We just talked about Abimelech. He was not a born again person. So we should stop trying to make people earn their healing. So say, oh, this your case is 21. This your case is 72. This one, your grandmother's involved. This is 92. That you just move into teaching people to earn. And that's why people get angry with God. Because after you have done all those fasting and you still remain sick, then it looks like God is not alive. Okay? Then um, Acts 9, 8 to 9, you can read all that. Let's move on. Then the next one is by the teaching of God's word. Psalm 107 verse 20. Psalm 107 verse 20. Now, there's something I want to show you there in Psalm 107 verse 20. So please understand that fasting is not to earn God's healing. It's to just get yourself in position to hear God. How many of you know that some of you, when you are fasting, that's when you hear things very clearly? Because you are very hungry. But I like to say this. When you are fasting and you are beginning to see men as trees, please eat. Okay? Don't say this fasting. Pastor said we must finish it by 6. And by 12, you are half dead. You know, if it's where you are alive, you can hear what you want to pray about. So, when you are fasting and you discover that your, the, your, the wife of your face is looking familiar, you know, you are between here and there, then just maybe drink something, you know, just take something to keep your strength together. And then don't start, you know, you have a message like this, you just get angry. Say, for the next seven days, for the next seven days, I'm not eating. Don't start that way. You know, <laughs> you know, most times, sometimes the wife used to laugh at me. I just said, I want to fast for three days. And I say, okay, I'm, I'm fasting for three days. And the first day, I just start, maybe by 12 o'clock, I just come back and say, I want to eat. He said, you said three days. I said, well, what I wanted to fast for, I got the answer. So because I said three days and I already had the answer, I doesn't mean that I should go ahead. 
you know, uh, that also doesn't mean that you don't discipline yourself. You know, so you just start fast, fasting by 8 and by 9.30 you are feeling hungry. Our pastor said if you have started seeing men as children, you know, you miss it. So you just keep the balance there. Is that okay? But it's good once in a while to just stay off food, spend time. And let me say this. Fasting without praying and reading the word is a waste of time. It's a waste of time. You're either praying, you're either reading the word. And for those of you who work, what you can either do is... Get messages and just listening to messages or just spend time meditating on the word. Don't just fast and you're moving around town, you're doing so many things. No, no, no. It's better you just take out time and, and just hear from the Lord and fellowship with the Lord. Psalm 107, verse 20. Quickly, I'd like to finish this. Time is gone. He sent his word. Now, the word there in the Hebrew is present tense. So it's more like he sends his word, not sent. He sends his word. It's more like a present tense. He sends his word and heals them and delivers them from their destruction. But in context, he was talking about um, when they were at the bitter waters, you know, of Marah and their journey through, um, through the wilderness. So in that context, you can take it as a past tense of what God had done. So we discover that God can send his word and his word heals. Proverbs chapter 4. A man by the name of Derek Prince taught this many years ago and he titled it God's Medicine Bottle. Kenneth Hagin also took that message and taught it and a lot of word of faith preachers have also taught it. And it's something we've practiced in our life and we've seen tremendous results. Some Proverbs 20 verse, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 to 23. My son, then I want you to notice this, give attention to verse 20. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health. To all their flesh. That word held in the Hebrew is pharmakia, from the word, um, from where we get our English word like pharmacy, but it actually comes from the main root word as medicine to their flesh. So here God sees his word as medicine. So what Derek Prince did when he got the revelation of this word is that he had, uh, I think he had a skin disease or something. I'm not so sure of the facts, but he had a sickness. And he began to take God's word three times daily. What he was doing was he got healing scriptures. He read them in the morning, speak them over his life, you know, meditate on them. And he began to do that. And after a while, he did what? He found out that he was healed. So God's word is medicine because it's sharper than every two-edged sword and it can pierce even down to our marrow. So God's word is medicine to our flesh. So people were healed through the teaching of God's word. Let's quickly go to Luke chapter 6 and verse 17. Luke chapter 6 and verse 17. That's why one of the things I do when I feel symptoms of sickness, you know, maybe out of stress or something, I just get healing messages, get tapes I've taught on healing, and just listen to them, uh, listen to them over, play healing songs, and just listen to them over and over and over and over, and you discover that the power of God is activated in your life. 
Now, Luke chapter 6 verse 17 And he came down with them And stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples And a great multitude of people from all Judah and Jerusalem And from all the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon Look at this, look at this verse Who came to hear him And be healed of all their diseases So they came to hear and to be healed You know, sometimes when we are sick And we have to be in church We stay off I don't know how we got that mindset. If you're sick, that's the more reason you need to be in charge. It's the more reason. Why? Because these people came and they said, if we hear Jesus teach, then we're going to be healed. You know, but the truth of the matter is that we don't have much faith in the word we're taught in church. That's the truth. That's absolute truth. We don't. Uh, yeah, I was just going to teach again. Healing that too, man. Them, them quickly come and give me drip. <laughs> You know, you just believe that more. <laughs> I have nothing against doctors. But if you have been disappointed by doctors, you will take the word of God more seriously. After you have paid everything, you have done this test, you have done this, you have done this, you have done this, you have done this, you have done this. Then they tell you that there is nothing we can do. Then you will know. You know, I, it, most times people run to God at the end of their strength. That's when they now start, oh, where are the healing tapes? Where are the healing scriptures? Even when you are not sick, feed your heart with God's word of healing. Even when you are not sick, you don't need to study healing scriptures because you are sick. No, just study them to know them. Because, I repeat it again, sometimes your knowledge of this truth will be the difference between life and death for someone you know. You know, I, I, I have a way of reacting to sickness in my house. I, have, I, I react to sickness in a very aggressive method. You know, some people just say, Oh, don't worry, Pastor. It's just headache. J- headache. Just. Have you heard people that died from just headache? Oh, he just complained his head was paining him. Ah, it's just fever. It's nothing. Oh, it's just malaria. No sickness is just. The price was paid for us to be completely free. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't be casual. Don't feel you know this. Oh, it's rainy season. It's because I slept close to the fan. It's because I slept under the light. It's because when I was sleeping, the pillow was on the left hand side. You, you have all the natural reasons why you should be sick. Why are you giving yourself those excuses? Why are you giving yourself those excuses? Praise the name of the Lord. Don't give yourself those excuses. Don't give yourself an excuse to be sick. 18. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him, and healed them all. Scripture says, when Jesus was teaching, the power of God was present to heal. Acts chapter 8, verse 5 to 7. Let's finish this today. Acts chapter 8, verse 5 to 7. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Verse 6. And the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, looking, hearing, and seeing the miracles which he did. Verse 7. For a clean spirit crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many were paralyzed, and the lame were healed. So. Philip went to Samaria and he preached Christ to them and as they heeded the things that Philip was saying, they got healed. So the word of God 
um, is one of the source of healing, hearing the word of God. The other one is special miracles. Special miracles. So we find, I'm just going to, because I, I really want to finish this today so we can do something on Sunday. So I'm going to just read the scriptures, write them down. But special miracles, you discover that certain things were done, especially in the Old Testament that brought healing. We talked about the brazen serpent, Numbers chapter 21, verse 8 to 9, which was a type of Jesus hung on the cross. And everyone that looked onto the brazen serpent were healed of their venomous um, um, serpent bite The healed of snakes Snake bite Then there was a case where lumb of figs Were put on a boil Second Kings chapter 20 verse 7 Second uh, Kings chapter 20 verse 7 Then where Jesus put the fingers In the deaf ear of the boy Mark chapter 7 verse 32 Mark 7 verse 32 uh, The time Jesus spit on the eyes of a blind man Mark 8 22 Mark 8, 22 There was a time also Jesus put clay on the eyes of a blind man John chapter 9, verse 6 to 7 Clay on the eyes of a blind man John chapter 9, verse 6 to 7 Then, uh, we do this a lot This is where we actually take our teaching of mantles from So I want to explain it Acts chapter 19, verse 11 to 12. I don't want to rush this. Let me explain this. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 to 12. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. But you will note this. That the unusual miracles were, was worked by the hands of Paul. Through, by God. Through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the disease left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Three things I wanted to observe from here. The first thing the scripture says is that the unusual miracles were done through the hands of Paul. So the unusual miracles came through the laying on of hands or the teaching of God's word. Now, in those days, they used to wear a lot of garments like sweat rags and all that. So what happened is that people who couldn't come for Paul's meeting, they took part of those rags and took it to the people and they were healed. The second thing I want you to observe from here was Paul, listen now, Paul did not ask them to bring handkerchiefs. Paul never asked them to bring handkerchiefs. Paul never talked about anointed handkerchiefs. This was a record. Acts, written by Luke, was a record of someone who observed the proceedings and documented it. Are you following what I'm saying? So Paul did not have miracle handkerchief services. Paul was just teaching and doing his thing and people were by faith taking things from him and laying them on the sick and they were getting healed. So we never see where Paul asks people to bring stuff. Now you could minister on clothed materials and give to people but you must be careful that the articles of faith are not replacing the faith of people in the person of Jesus. And human beings are they are quick to relate to things they can see. That's the challenge. Are you following what I'm saying? They are quick. For instance, if I share a testimony that, the, oh, when I was going to my car, you know, I stepped on a place and I, get in, I got into my car and drove off and somebody, you know, took that son and got, uh, and got uh, a miracle, got pregnant, something. You can be sure that tomorrow, on Sunday, <laughs> we're going to have people all over this place. And they are going to go look for the son, waiting for me to come down. 
Because it's easy for them to relate. It takes more faith to believe in what you do not see. That means it takes more faith to believe that Christ in you, the hope of glory, than the handkerchief you see. And sometimes as ministers, once we discover that through that, we can have a little bit of influence, then we emphasize that a lot. But you see that this was only recorded once in scripture. In fact, most of the special miracles only happened once. Like the uh, spirit on the blind eye, clear on the blind eye, it happened once. Now you can read it in Matthew, Ma- uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Because they all recorded the same incident. But it was just once. And it was not a method somebody duplicated even though they saw Jesus doing it. So the disciples did not say, well, we're going to have a moth spitting service on Sunday. You know, they didn't do that. Even though Jesus did it. Neither did they say, we're going to have a clay, uh, a clay service, miracle clay service. They didn't do that. Because they understood that Christ was doing this because of the limitation of the time that he was not resurrected. In fact, after the book of Acts... You don't find so much emphasis on the miraculous. You find emphasis on who you are in Christ. Colossians doesn't talk about it. Ephesians doesn't talk about it. Philippians doesn't talk about it. Galatians doesn't talk about it. 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Don't talk about that. Because they are not expecting that at that stage of your walk with God, you will be running after handkerchiefs. They expect that you would have matured. So Paul told them, he said, who has bewitched you, O Galatians, that you started in the spirit and you're ending in the flesh? Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, the next one is by the creative word. The creative word is like a spoken word that brings for healing. So we're going to run through this quickly. Mark 5, 41, the word arise. He said, arise. And the healing power of God was activated. Mark 7, 34 uh, a creative word was used there, be opened. Mark 7.34, a creative word was used, be opened. Mark 9.25, you see that sickness was rebuked. He rebuked the sickness. So you don't address sickness casually. You rebuke it. You take authority over it from your physical body. Luke 5.13, he spoke the word, be thou clean. Let's read something in Acts chapter 9, verse 33 to 34. Just bear with me, please. Just give me like five or ten minutes. Let me just finish this. So we can do something else on Sunday. Acts chapter 9, verse 33 to 34. Acts chapter 9, verse 33 to 34. There he found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. Wow. Wow. Praise the name of the Lord. So this guy was paralyzed for eight years. And he said, Arise and be healed. And make up your bed. Through the creative word. And he got healed. Then true simple faith in his promise. True simple faith in his promise. Mark chapter eight, Matthew 8, 8. Put that up for me quickly. Matthew 8, 8. True simple faith in the promise. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worried that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. The centurion had faith in the spoken word of Jesus. Mark chapter 10, verse 52. 
Mark chapter 10 and verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Now, I explained this while I was teaching in Finima Church, that every believer has faith. We do not pray for more faith. No, we don't pray for more faith. As you are born again, he has dealt to you the measure of faith. What you do is you use your faith. You don't need more faith, you only need to use the one you have. And then you grow it. Is that okay? So you have faith in you to receive healing. Luke chapter 17 verse 19. Luke 17 verse 19. And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. So you can see people who received their their healing based on their faith in God's word. John chapter 4 verse 50. John chapter 4 verse 50. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. So he discovered that when the man got home, the son was healed. So the man comes to Jesus and says, I want you to pray for my son. And Jesus said, go, your son lives. And the man believes that word. And he goes home and his son is healed. Now, I want you to follow something that, you know, sometimes we think that we're people of faith. You know, like we're faith giants. Man, I have faith. I've got faith. You know, but sometimes we actually work in a lot of unbelief. Because everybody we're reading about actually did not have this Bible. You know, we can read about these guys and use them as an example, but they didn't have a Bible to read. They just have the scroll. They didn't read about when Jesus healed someone. They just heard stories, and from those stories, they acted in faith. Now, we hear stories, we watch films, we listen to DVDs, we listen to MP3s, we have the Bible in all translation, we have U version, we have Amplified, uh, uh, New King James, NIV, and yet you can't still believe that God can heal your headache. It's amazing. It's amazing. So when the scripture talks about if the Son of Man comes, will he still find faith on the earth? Sometimes we we feel like, why was Jesus talking about that? Of course he will find faith. No, because with the abundance of resources that we have, there is still a huge lack of faith and unbelief. And how do you know that there is lack of faith and unbelief? Our faith in mediums instead of the person of Christ. We still feel that there's a special place where healing can take place. There's a special conference where it can happen. There's a special venue where it can be. There's a special man of God that has to do this. We just still still believe that, you know, it's still somewhere there. We still have to go somewhere. We still have to see someone. No. Teach your children to receive healing for themselves. Praise the name of the Lord. Just teach them. Hey, when you're sick, just say the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I receive my healing. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. The next one is true simple faith in His promise. We've talked about that. Then the individual's act of faith. You know, people step out in faith. Um, like Kenneth Hagee was talking about when he received the revelation, Mark eleven twenty three, And he said, well, sick people don't stay on bed. And he tried to get up. So exercising his faith in that word he read. And he got healed. Um, then people got healed in scripture too. Just two more, please. People got healed in Scripture to obedience to simple command. 
In 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 10 he, um, King Naaman was told to wash in Jordan seven times The thing is that these are the ones that we like The ones that look very mysterious <laughs> Told to wash in Jordan seven times In Luke chapter 17 verse 14 Jesus commanded the people to show themselves to the priest And as they went Obeying that command They got healed John 5 8 and 9 The man was told to pick up his bed and to walk John chapter 9 verse 7 and uh, verse 10 to 11 He was told to go and wash in the pool of Siloam In Acts chapter 14 verse 8 Let's just read that And we'll read one more scripture Then we can close tonight Acts chapter 14 verse 10 Sorry Acts chapter 14 and verse 10 Okay he said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped up and walked. So simple obedience to that command, um, God healed. The man got healed. I remember, <laughs> I was still young, not, I was still young there, we just got into university year 2000, and uh, you know, basking in the, in the knowledge of healing, studying this stuff. So we had this massive meeting put up together with my friends uh, for the 100 level students, and there was this guy that was crippled, you know, in the meeting. You know, he, he, he's been crippled around school for a while. So, you know, myself and my friend said, today, uh, this is when our miracle ministry is going to begin. <laughs> you know, so what we did, you know, we took him to one corner like that. So we commanded, we prayed and prayed and prayed and the guy did that. Now, of course, go, um, right now in my own, the more I advance in God, the more I even know that I'm not sure probably the guy would have walked. Because number one, we were avoiding the embarrassment of if the guy walks, then we will now bring him to the public. You understand? And then if he didn't walk, like I'm telling you now that he didn't walk, nobody knows that he didn't walk. You know, so if you're still trying to keep your reputation and walk in miracles, you'll never do it. Are you following what I'm saying? If you're still trying to, you know, I'm going to pray for you secretly, then if he walks, I'll blow it out. If he doesn't, no, no, no. You, you must drop your reputation. Step out in faith. I'm going to lay hands on you and we trust God that you're going to be healed. I've prayed for people that weren't healed. I've prayed for people that were healed. I just keep praying. And somebody asked me, why were they not healed? I don't know. I'm still searching for the answers. If you read church history, um, you'll be t- one of the greatest, there are two women who performed miracles so much. I met Simpe McPherson, the founder of Foursquare, excellent woman. She used to have what she called the stretcher days. People who were bedridden would come and with one word, people would walk. Catherine Kuma, awesome woman of God. Awesome woman of God. Powerful miracles in her ministry. But if you read her biography, she'll tell you that the only pain she had in her life was to see people still go back, not healed. With the thousands of miracles she saw. Okay? But that did not remove the fact that the next month, or the next week, or the next day, she's going to still do what? To conduct a healing service. You know I'm saying these things to you, so that when you pray for people, and for instance, they are not healed, you don't go back on your faith. What do you do? You keep at it. You keep at it. You keep at it. You keep at it. Praise the name of the Lord. One of the best books you can ever read on healing to practice and to start is Charles and Francis Hunter, Healing the Sick. Every believer should read that book. Amazing book that will just help you um, start working in that dimension. The last one is practical advice. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 23. And we'll stop there. So on Sunday we can talk about all the types of sicknesses that were healed in the scriptures. We're going to look at them one by one and look at the diseases that were healed. And hopefully we can wrap up 
um, the study. So in First Timothy chapter five, verse twenty-three, it says, "Take a little wine for your stomach's sake." I know some people like this. <laughs> ah, they like this scripture. Contains so much revelation for them. Now, the, that word has been debated a lot of times, but it, the, the context of why Paul wrote this was Timothy was having issues with the water um, where he was pastoring. It was like there was an issue with the water. And um, some Bible dictionaries said what, what's actually there was um, the fruit of the vine. It's like taking um, like, um, the olive um, grapes wine in place of water. Because that's why you see the word uh, For your stomach's sake And your frequent infirmities So it was It wasn't like It was like something that he was always having Because of the water It's like um, It's like Okay for instance Like my missionaries Those that serve in JK Axis The river They have only one river running through the town That's the river they bathe That's the river they wash That's the river they do everything I mean you can't say, well, we have faith in God, we're going to still drink from that river. You understand? So they buy water. So it's like saying that if there was no clean water available, we now say, okay, but we've got um, Coca-Cola. Okay, take a little Coke for your stomach sake to prevent that. But outside of all of those debates, this is what I want to point out here. That there were also um, recommendations that were given to people um, that to prevent them from having infirmities. Okay, now, but why this is um, why this is also um, very silent is because if you don't understand this, also you might now be giving yourself an excuse to always say, uh, "No, I don't take this because I'm diabetic. I don't take this because of this." And before you know, you will just be living one straight life because again, the scripture also says that if we take any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. So I'd rather, personally, I'd rather go on that and trust God for, um, you know, to be able to eat something good and not restrict myself. Okay? Uh, So you don't give yourself that excuse to say, oh, I'm going to take this, I'm not going to take this, because if I take this, it gives me this, if I take this, it gives you this. Now, naturally also, there are some people who just, when they eat certain things, they have a way of reacting. You can stay off them. I mean, you can just stay off them. Okay, and not fall sick. So this was the last um, method on the rank, which was just like a natural recommendation. I'm not talking about herbalist here. You understand what I'm saying? I say this one is natural. It's just <laughs> no. That's what I'm talking about. Praise the name of the Lord. So these are the methods by which uh, people were healed. So the ones we see a lot of emphasis is the laying on of hands, prayer, and the spoken word. And uh, the spoken word by either the word of command or them hearing. The teachings about healing. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for the word. Lord, we just ask that you will enlighten us. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.